but I got my own. <laughs> well, those were two great examples. Uh, number one, Larry's trip to Russia to minister God's love to these young guys who don't have parents of what I want to preach about and what Chuck wants to do, which is right here at his house. He wants to have a bluegrass, new grass band come and bless people um, for families to come and enjoy that and invite people from the community to come in and enjoy some family entertainment. And in the process, God can really minister to people. Echo. So that's, that's sort of what I want to talk to you about this morning. Um, I realize uh, in the first service, uh, praying for people, that I had this, I've had some things in my life that really impact me personally. Uh, and it's, it's called, what I think is called the groans of prisoners. And I've heard, uh, recently I had a person, a young lady to, to call me, uh, and it was a groan of a prisoner. And, and this was a, a young woman in her 20s, and she has a, she's married to a great husband and has a little a child. And, but she called me, and she was, I would say, within hours of really losing her mind, literally losing her mind. She was so messed up and had been messed up for a while, and it had accumulated and, and didn't say, uh, can you set up an appointment with me? I need to come see you right now what she said right now I mean uh, and this was a this was like on a holiday you know it's on your day not only was it your day off but it was a holiday day off where you had your family and that kind of thing so um, and being with this girl and seeing the Lord go to work in her life and really save her and save her child and save her marriage save her husband really impacted me um, and, I, and so I, I, really, I feel like you know, things like that sort of have an effect on you. I was, after the message in the earlier service, I asked, I got an altar call for people to come to get uh, recommissioned for the gospel ministry. And as I prayed for two people in particular, uh, one of them uh, was, a, was a person who shared uh, his testimony with me and shared a life of ultra of, of deep sin and such you know and such a lawless life that he wound up in prison over it um, and served time in in prison and he you know confessed some awful things that he did to even things he did he didn't get caught for but when I prayed when I laid my hands on him I heard prisoners groan crying out for help that's what I heard when I started praying for him. I heard prisoners crying out for help. Not him, but what I heard and saw over this person's life was that God could use that man to go back into the prison system, literal, the literal prison system, and deliver people from that. Another young man, a younger man I prayed for who grew up in a Christian home, he uh, fell away from the Lord uh, this young man's the kind of person when he does something he does it to extreme and he fell so far he got in such a, a lifestyle that he came so heavily involved in, in alcohol drug substance abuse that he was literally came to a point where he heard an argument between 
demonic beings and some spiritual beings. He heard this argument going over. First he heard Satan speak to him and told him, I've got you now. It's too late. You're, you're, I've got you. Then he heard this argument take place between someone else who began to argue for him. And he literally, he came to, he, he, the next thing he remembers, he was on the floor ra- literally wrestling with a demonic presence that was trying to kill him. And he uh, called for help. He was, a, he was a modern-day prodigal son who was on the side of the road late at night with a blanket wrapped around him that, that he smelt like he had been in a, in a pig pen. He was not in a literal pig pen, but he, that's the way he smelled. And his, his cry was for help. And when I put my hands on him, I saw, I heard other cries coming from other people like him crying out for help somebody help me somebody come get me uh, that's really what that little boy said he said come get me come, come get me and there and I believe there's, there's cries even, they may not be physical cries you know literally coming out of people's voices but there's cries of people out there they're crying somebody come get me somebody please help me and so uh, that's I want to preface it what I say, you know, this morning with that because I believe this is, you know, this is what's motivating me. Um, so I wanted to first put Galatians 1, uh, 15 through 16 up there. And, and I want you to take this serious this morning because this is not something that just should be motivating me. I believe God wants to motivate all of us. Um, it says, uh, when it pleased God. So I, I want to tell you, I'm going to tell you right up front, this is what's going to please God. What I'm going to talk to you about today will please God. You know, we all want to please the Lord. I think the Bible even says in Ephesians, find out what pleases the Lord. And there's lots of things that please Him. You know, the Bible actually says it pleased God to crush Christ. Well, that was something that pleased Him. But this is something that God wants us to do with our lives to please Him. It says, when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through His grace. And so, what I'm going to say to you, I want you to understand, this is, it comes from a perspective of grace. It doesn't come from a perspective of legalism or have to. And I think that's really important, that you have a revelation of grace in your life, not just a mental understanding of grace, but a true revelation. And if you don't really believe you have a revelation of, of, of grace, ask the Lord. He'll give you a revelation. He's very anxious to give... Uh, revelation. And, I, and actually, I can tell you a person, if you want to know a person who has a great revelation of grace and who really knows how to minister that revelation to people, give her something else to do, is Becky Wicker. She is very good at ministering that, a revelation of grace to people. Uh, a lot better than me, but, but Paul said the Lord called me. And so you need to see this morning, you're called. Every person in this room, if you know Christ as Savior, if, if Christ is your Savior and He is your Lord, you are called this morning. Period. This is not just just for Paul. This is not just for for uh, you know oh the the pastor or the evangelist, the missionary. It's for you, and and you've got to see this. You've got to grab a hold of this. That you have a calling on your life. And he said, first of all, God called Paul. Number one and foremost is to reveal His Son in me. That's number one. That what God wants to do. He wants every person to realize who is born again, that, that the Son of God, through the Holy Spirit, is alive in you. And He wants to express... He's, 
He's literally craving to express Himself through you. That's what, really, that's what I was hearing when I was praying for those people this morning. I was hearing through the Lord's ears. Okay? The Lord hears the groans of the prisoners. He hears them. Now, He was just letting me hear because He's inside of me. He was letting me hear what He hears so He would, you know, to sort of help me understand, you know, my motivation here a little bit. And He will let us in on those groans. You know, Larry heard the groans of the prisoners when he went over there, those little boys that were rejected by their, their parents. So he said that that's, that's number one. We've got to see that. That's the most important thing, is that Christ wants to be revealed through your life. And the second thing is that every person, as I shared last week, every person in this room who's born again has a specific calling to preach the gospel. It is without question that you're called to preach the gospel. There's no, oh, I don't, you know, you're a preacher. As I, you know, I, I, I really went after that last, last week, that you're to preach Christ or preach the kingdom of God, preach the gospel of the, king, of, of the kingdom of God. Let me put Romans 10 up there, um, Brian, and let's, let me just read this. This is powerful, Romans 10. This, How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how should they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how should they hear without a preacher? It's a question. How are they going to hear? Okay? And how should they preach unless they are sent? Now let me just say this to you. Jesus Christ, you better take the Great Commission personally. It's not something that you need to specifically hear. Okay? When Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel, when you were born again... You were given that charge. You were given that commission. It wasn't. You don't have to have a special commission. And, and as I said last week, the go means as you go. It's not just. And I I value what Larry did. I value that he went on a specific mission trip. Okay. But the absolute thing that has happened to the American church is that's the Great Commission. That's all there is to it. As we send Larry off. He does his thing over there and he comes back here and he becomes Larry the, the carpenter again or the builder, whatever you call yourself. No. It's as you go in your life. And that's what we've got to see. Specific trips like that, I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. I believe in that wholeheartedly. But I'm, I believe we've got to get this other thing in our hearts. As you go. Okay? Um, so you're sent, and it says, As is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. And that's really what we're, we've been called to do. And I remind you of last week when I shared that in the, in, the, in the United States Marine Corps, every Marine, every Marine has to be combat ready. If you can't fight, they don't want you. And that's the truth. If you can't fight, they don't want you. And, and, that, and you can be, uh, you know, a commode cleaner in the Marines. That's your job. Every day you get up and go clean, clean commodes, but they want to be able to put a gun in that commode cleaner's hand if they have to. And if you can't fight, they get rid of you. Well, I want you to tell you this. Thank God that he doesn't get rid of us when we have this attitude that we're not fighting. Thank God he doesn't. But God's calling us to see... I've called you. I'm just like the Marine Corps. I want you to fight. I want you to be... And Paul said that, 2 Timothy 4.2. This is what he said. This is the, the, the Marines of the Bible. Preach the Word. In fact, you know what he said? I charge you to preach the Word. 
I'm commanding you to preach the Word. That's, that's what he was saying. I command you to preach the Word. Be ready in season and out of season. In other words, you always need to be ready. Your daily job may be an electrician, but you always need, need to be ready to preach the Word and see that you have that. And, and, and you've got to see this. This is your responsibility. This is every Christian's responsibility. Y'all, y'all with me? That's the sort of review I, I know. And then the other thing, okay, so number one, Christ wants to reveal Himself through our life. Number two, God, Christ, the Lord has commanded us and has called us to be preachers. And number three, the Lord wants us to know that signs and wonders go with the gospel message and that we should expect signs and wonders. Let's read Mark 16, 17 through 20. And it says this. Everybody good? And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Uh, soon then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into, the heaven, up into heaven and set down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. So the Lord has said right here that as, if, if, if we're believers... And if we're preaching the gospel, he said that there's an expectation that he would confirm his word with signs and wonders, those different signs and wonders. Um, and we're not talking about, you know, buying rattlesnakes and putting them in cages and picking them out and see who can hold them and all that crazy stuff. I'm not messing with that. I'm scared of snakes. I saw a snake yesterday, a black snake. I picked up a bottle of plastic bottle and threw them at him. Although I knew it was a black snake, I don't like snakes. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this. This is what, the, what it's saying. You know, it may be a literal snake if you were in the jungles preaching the gospel. Maybe you get in your car and drive up the road here and can expect God's divine protection over your life because you are employed in the gospel ministry. You see what I'm saying to you? That God's going to protect you as you go. If you have that heart, that's what go means. Uh, it literally means as you go. If you have that heart of as you go, I believe we can call on the Lord and say this morning, Lord, we're, at, we're going. We're going. We're going equipped with the gospel. We're going to preach the gospel. And we can expect these signs. Now, I wanted to read to you what that word signs literally means in the Greek. It means the, the written notice that announced the final verdict of a court. The written notice that announced the final verdict of a court. Uh, the signature or seal applied to a document to guarantee its authenticity. Authenticity. That's a boom. Authenticity. It also a sign that marked a key location in a city. So this is the truth. Jesus sent his disciples out in the world, and this is basically what he was saying to them. I guarantee you, I will back up what you're doing by doing these signs. Now he does them. I will do these signs to back up that what you're, what you're preaching is, right, is from God and is real. You hear what I'm saying to you? That's what Jesus was saying. I will, I will back you up with this. If you, if you will go, he didn't use the word, if you will, he used the word go. But I'm saying to you this morning, if you will go, if as you go, you will begin to preach the gospel, the gospel message, God is saying to you this morning, I'll back you up with it. And, and I'm going to tell you, we've seen the Lord do that. Those people I talked to, you, like that one young man who was, who we found on the side of the street, wrapped up in a blanket, uh, 
smelling awful. We've seen the Lord do a lot of things in his life, set him free of a lot of stuff. And he was up here this morning saying, I just don't want to be set free myself. I, I'm here. I'm here to be a preacher myself. See, he's getting the message. He's getting the message. Now, he's gotten delivered. He's gotten free of lots of things in his life. Okay? And there's many people sitting in this room that we've prayed for, and we've seen the Lord set some people free of some stuff. We've seen the Lord heal some hearts and do some things. Those are all things that God wants to do. Okay? And this stuff is real. This, this, these things are, are very real, and we can expect these things to happen. We should expect them. And it's not a show. It's not crazy. But when you see a person who is, was in the state of this particular young man, he's just one example. I could give you many examples. I'm just saying about him because I pray for him. Uh, this morning, when you see a person like that and you see their lives begin to change, doesn't mean they're perfect and they may have some doubt, but when you begin to see their lives change, you begin to see them let go of things that they were bound to, you know that God is at work in that person's life. You know there's miracles at work in that person's life. Those are signs. And we can begin to see those things. It doesn't just have to be some instant thing, although instant is good. That's why I said this morning, I prayed for that man. Um, who, had, who couldn't raise his arms above his shoulders. said, you know, he, I prayed for him, to, and then he asked me to come back and pray for him about that because he was believing this, what I preached. He was believing, I'm believing, I'm going for this. I need to be healed. And the Lord started touching him, and, and he was able to raise his hands completely. His feet were not 100% healed, but he felt much better. And, uh, you know, I wish we could say that about Bunny this morning, but we're going to believe God for Bunny. So, so these things are real. In fact, I want to read what um, the word follow means there. You know, these signs shall follow. Follow means to tirelessly accompany someone. Those signs are meant to tirelessly accompany you, to constantly be at your side, okay, to always be in close proximity with a person, like a faithful companion who is always at one, sign, at one side. So it tells us that signs are to faithfully follow us as we go and preach the gospel. Okay, that's what it says. In fact, we should think it's strange when we preach the gospel and the signs are not there. We should say something's wrong with our experience. Where are the signs, Lord? Wait a minute. Something's wrong here. We're not seeing something. We're not seeing the lives change. We're not seeing the people delivered. We're not seeing these things. We're not seeing the people healed. Something's wrong. We need to look at our message. Or maybe we need to look at this because what it says there, uh, these signs shall follow those who believe. Okay, now that's, that's, we need to get that word believe. The believe, and I'm not no Greek expert. I'm getting this all that, you know, to, I'm not trying to act like I know something. I don't. But that word believe, the Greek, it, the uh, tense of the verb in the Greek, it would read like this, those who constantly believe. These signs will follow those who, con in other words, this is what, and, and I'll show you a little bit of something that Paul said. This is what's going to have to happen. If we're, going to, if we're going to have signs of the faithful companion, it is something that we have to realize is not going to just automatically happen. It's something that we have to aggressively pursue by faith. Aggressively pursue by faith. The people who really... Listen, think about it. The people who really go for seeing people healed, who regret, they are the ones who are seeing people healed. Is that right? That's the truth. It ain't the people who's not believing. Oh, you may today say, oh, I believe in healing, or I believe in deliverance, I believe God can divinely protect me. But if you're not pursuing those, guess what? They're not happening in your life, are they? That's the truth. 
I bet I could ask this morning. I'm not going to ask. If people here in this room have a deliverance ministry, and you could get people to raise their hand, you say, well, are you doing this? And the ones who are really doing it, they're the ones who have that ministry. They're the, because they're doing it, they're going after it. Those of us who are not pursuing it, we don't have it. Do you see what I'm saying? You're going to have to go after it. Um, let's look at Second Corinthians 12.12. 12. Are y'all okay? Because I was, I was telling Tim earlier, I, I felt like in the first service, you know, you're telling people something they need to do, and it's like you're not really telling them how to do it, and people don't like to be told stuff that they're supposed to be doing, and it's not. In other words, nobody want, no Christian wants to hear this. You should be seeing miracles. You should be seeing people healed. You should be seeing people delivered. Uh, and, and it's not happening. So all of a sudden you start questioning your Christianity. I'm not questioning your Christianity. I'm questioning, are you preaching the gospel? Do you see yourself as a preacher? I'm questioning, are you really believing for these things? And, my, and I, I'll be honest with you, overall, guess what? I don't believe we are. Because we're not seeing enough of it. We're not seeing enough. We're not seeing enough salvations. We're not seeing enough healings. We're not seeing enough deliverances. And there are prisoners out there that are groaning. Okay? There are people groaning for deliverance. There are people groaning for healings. There are people groaning to know the Lord. And what we got to, if we could connect in, that's what Jesus is. Can you imagine just for a second God up in heaven and on the earth there's this groan? Probably he hears that more than anything else. This great groan. Uh, I heard that the, uh, this is just sideline, the astronauts, they were up there on the space shuttle here last week or so, you know, they were flying over the earth and flying over the Mideast, and they said, from up here, everything's peaceful. You know, it's just all peaceful. Down on the ground, people are dying. You see, they're just hearing with their natural ears. It's not peaceful here. And I promise you, God hears the cries of people's hearts. The secret cries. You hear what I'm saying to you? And that's really what will motivate us. But here's what Paul said, 2 Corinthians 12, 12. Truly the signs of an apostle. All right, I want to stop right now and talk to you about just about the word apostle, okay? All right, that word literally means sent one, okay? Sent one. So in the truest sense, every Christian has an apostolic call on their life. Jesus said as you go into all the world. That's the being sent. Every Christian is not an apostle. Okay? I'm not claiming we're apostles. Okay? But I am claiming this. Every Christian has an apostolic call. Every Christian has been called to go. You hear me? So from that perspective, because we could say, listen, the Bible says do the work of the evangelist. Okay? Do the work of the evangelist. But none of us are in here claim we have the evangelistic office like Billy Graham has, but all of us can be evangelists. I'm not going to claim I can be an apostle like Paul, but I can do the work of an apostle. I can go. I'm sent by God. You're sent by God. So from that perspective, let's, let's look at what Paul said. He said, truly the signs of an apostle were accomplished. Accomplished means this, hard work means hard work. It means diligent effort. So Paul said these signs were accomplished. These, things, these signs were done because I worked really hard at making sure they got done. I went for it. I gave myself to it. I put effort into this thing. And that's really what I'm saying to you about the believing thing. We're not going to see the signs unless we really go after it. And we've got to realize right up front 
We got to, number one, we've got to preach the right message, the gospel message. Number two, we've got to be constantly believing for it. And number three, we are going to have to go to work. It's work. And what I believe one of the things that's wrong with lots of our, us, us believers is that we're so involved in maybe other, quote, and I'm going to just going to say good things, that we're too wore out and don't have enough time to do the thing that Jesus said to do. Now, that's the truth. We need to look at what we're doing because here's what we've got to do. We've got to decide, is my job to be a preacher and to go out and preach and believe that God's going to authenticate my message? If that's my job, I've got to put effort in that thing. I've got to go for that thing. I've got to give myself to that thing. And it's going to take some time. It's going to take some effort. It's going to take some work. That's what he says. So he said, these signs of an apostle, these signs of a person who's sent, as you and I are sent, were, there was work to do among you all. And then he said the first sign that Paul is, he added a sign, because uh, he, you know, he found out there was another sign that they didn't put in the Great Commission for some reason. He said they were done with all perseverance. That's Paul's saying perseverance as a, as a sign. And uh, everybody knows what perseverance means. It means stay in power, endurance. You don't really give up too easy. And see, that's what's wrong with a lot of us is we'll pray for the sick. We really will. Most people in this room, if somebody came up and said, I'm sick, will you pray for me? We'll be glad to pray for them. But we won't keep praying. Especially when they don't get here, we just feel like, oh, it doesn't work. Well, that's not the way to look at it. That's what Paul, that's what Paul was saying. Look, if you're going to see these things happen, you are going to have to go after them and go after them and go after them and go after them. And if you'll do that, you'll start seeing. That's what he said. They, they, you know, those things happen. Are y'all with me on that? Nobody likes the perseverance thing. I know you don't. Everybody would like for it just to have every time, everybody you prayed for. Yeah, they got touched. The Lord healed them. You know, oh, we spoke to this person. They got instantly delivered. Everything was right in their life from that moment on. But that's just not, that's not what the Bible really teaches us. It doesn't teach us that. It teaches us that we're going to really have to go after it and give, give it a big shot. In fact, this is what James, uh, James uh, as in James the uh, apostle at Jerusalem church said this. Uh, faith by itself, it, if it does not have works, is dead. So it is not good enough, let me tell you, it is not good enough for you this morning to believe in the supernatural. Just saying, oh, I believe that God heals people. I believe God delivers people. I, I believe God can do this. I believe God will protect me. That's not good enough. Because James is saying, listen, if that's all you got is a belief, you don't really, it's, it's, it's dead. You've got to have works. Everybody say works. You've got to have something to show. If you really believe something, you are going to do something about it. If you really believe God wants to heal people, you are going to go after it. All right. All right. Is everybody with me on this? I guess I'm... I mean, I know this seems to be a sort of a difficult mess because everybody's sort of looking at me like, you're not... Okay, but I'm telling you, this is the truth. This is what God's called us to do. This is the Bible. We've got to set our hearts towards these things. I'm talking to you about the Great Commission. Everybody whines and moans and groans wanting to know, what is my purpose? What is my calling? I'm telling you this morning what your purpose and calling is. Now, God may, it's going to be expressed in different ways. You know, He's going to do, do it. He's not going to do it all the same with every person. But th if you will do this, this will solve a lot of problems in your life. Because suddenly you're living your life as God designed you to live your life. 
instead of the way, you know, instead of going on this endless search, my destiny, my purpose, all, all those are, are great things to think about, but get this one right and those things will work. And that's the truth because this is the thing that Jesus said. Do this. And He's bound to be right, right? <laughs> I mean, He can't be wrong about it. Really the biggest deal we got is figuring out how to do it, really. Here's a great example. After I preached my message last week about preaching, I was standing in my yard. My neighbor came out across the corridor state, and I was looking at him. I was saying, well, I better get serious about this. I can't be preaching stuff and not doing it. So here's what, and the Lord started speaking to me. He said, Byron, this is what you've got to do. You've got to look at that man across the street, and he's a prisoner of war. He's in prison, but he doesn't know he's in prison. And somehow or another, he has to come to the reality he's in prison. And once he comes out of reality he's in prison, then you go and you liberate him. You're a freedom fighter. So I started praying for the guy. Lord, make that man miserable. Make him miserable in his heart. Make that hole in his heart get big where he feels consumed. That, I'm, that's the gospel ministry. And they may come a day for me, or it may be Joe Blow who happens to run into that says, he starts opening up to and they give him the gospel. They preach the gospel to him. And that's how we need to live our lives, to see people like that. To see it's our job to set them free. And I pray that God would let you hear the groanings of prisoners. Because when you hear that, it has an effect on you. It makes you really want to do something. It, in, in other words, this is not something, well, I just got to do this because you feel something. You feel God's heart. And it makes you want to go after it. That's why I'm so aggressive about it. Now, let me just make sure you understand this. 1 Corinthians 15.10, Brian. When I talk about this work and this effort, I am not talking about human, sweaty self-effort. Remember what I said to you at the first? It's the grace. Paul said, I'm called by grace. It's through grace I'm called. This is what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15.10. The same guy who just said, I had to work my tail off, I had to work my fingers to the bone to see these signs happen, this is how he said he did it. He said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. That's a great message for people who are, you know, sort of messed up. I, by the grace of God, I am what I am. I'm not messed up. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace towards me was not in vain. Ask yourself the question this morning. The grace that God has called you to, has, wants to reveal Himself to you, wants you to preach the gospel, wants you to see people's lives changed, set the captives free, is it in vain in your life? Paul was saying, it is not in vain in my life. But I labored. I went for it because... I did it more than anybody else. He's talking about, I did it more than them all. He's talking about the other apostles. He's not talking about a bunch of bum Christians, lazy Christians. He's talking about other serious, you know, Peter and John and those mighty men. He said, listen, I outran them men. I did more than them men. That's what he was saying. So he wasn't comparing himself to a bunch of, you know, wimpy guys. He was comparing himself to the, you know, to the cream of the crop. And he said, I've done more than those guys. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. In other words, it was the grace of God who did it in him. It was the grace who called him. It was the grace who empowered him. 
And he didn't frustrate the grace of God like it says in Galatians 2.21. That he let that grace work. And yes, your body may get tired. You may get physically wore out. I heard this guy, Roland Baker, who has a tremendous ministry in Mozambique, uh, you know, which is a serious... You know, they have this ministry. Well, they minister to kids that live in dumps. They said you go out to this dump and within two minutes you're covered with this filthy stench all over your body. You know, people like us don't like that. I can't stand to go camping for two days and not take a shower. But they're over there in this dump ministering to children, people who, you know, eat leaves to live. And he was saying... Let me tell you this, you will not make it one day over there without a revelation of grace. Not one day, because just living, just getting through the day, you, by the end of the day, you are beat to pieces. You're wore out. Your body is whipped. You go to bed, you wake up refreshed, renewed, alive again, impassioned again because of the grace of God operating in your life. You know what I'm saying? Now, that's a sort of an extreme case of people who minister in dumps, but they're seeing a lot of miracles over there. You're seeing a lot of people delivered and healed. Hey, you know what they do? This is pretty amazing. I know this is sort of off the subject. They will literally go into a town, okay? And these are Muslim. This is a Muslim country. They'll go into a, like a village. It's a pretty bad situation. At one time, it was the worst place on earth. They'll go into a village and said, bring all the blind people. Every blind person here, bring them. And they'll pray for them, and the Lord will heal them. He will heal those people of blindness. And then they'll preach the gospel to people, because people will listen to it. But... Because they saw the power of God and they realized, wait a minute, this is something serious here. Okay, but he's saying this is all by grace. It's all by the power. It's what God wants to do. And we've really got to get that heart in us about the gospel message. You are responsible for it. I'm responsible for it. It's not just coming and listening to people. Oh, we had Billy Graham to preach. Great. It's not Billy Graham's responsibility. It's my responsibility. It's your responsibility. You're a Marine in God's Marine Corps. Are you combat ready? Will you go for these things? Will you pursue these things? So this morning, um, what, you know, what we did earlier is we prayed for people who really just wanted a, you know, a fresh commission. Yes, this is what I feel like God's called me to do in my life. Yes, I want to do this. Yes, I believe this. And I'm serious about it. I'm, really, I'm going to go for it, Lord. I'm going to get a hold of this, this grace to, to labor in your kingdom like this. I'm not going to just be a church Christian. I'm not going to do that, Lord. I'm going to be a kingdom person. I'm going to let you show me how to do it because I'm not feeling like God's telling me to go minister in the dump in Mozambique, but I'm going to find out what my dump is here. You know? And my dump maybe me standing in my yard looking at my neighbor praying for him. That was my dump Tuesday when I did that. And there may come a day when I speak to him. Or I said, well, you know, Becky talks to his wife all the time. She could get him saved. <laughs> doesn't matter. Just as long as they get saved, man. So do you, if you feel like this is what you want, and you feel like God's called you out, we, what we want to do is make a simple prayer for you. Just pray over you that this would be affirmed and confirmed in you. If you would like that, would you come up to the front?